my ministry. Um, it's called the WOW Center, and uh, we serve women from all walks of life. Um, our mission is real women with real stories to empower them to thrive, dream, believe, and pursue the impossible through love and community. And we do that by just a variety of different programs, health and fitness, financial empowerment, entrepreneurship. We have a Dress for Success boutique. Um, and then we also help and you know people transitioning out of prison with all the programming that we offer at the center. Um, and then we just serve women right where they're at through Wow Bags, um, we also partnered with the local food pantry, so now we're a partner agency. Um, but uh, we, our whole concept is building relationships, building community, and just loving them, seeing them, and meeting them right where they're at. So the training with Rev, um, it, at first, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to prepare me, but the training for Rev prepared me um, to go on in my ministry in, in so many ways. Um, it equipped me, it encouraged me, um, it also made me feel worthy. Um, worthy of being able to go out and actually not only, you know, teach health and fitness or financial empowerment or entrepreneurship, but also more importantly, be able to go out there and, and deliver the pizza, right? Like what we say at Rev. Um, I was able to just, you know, disciple people and spread the gospel and encourage people through the word of God and not be ashamed of it or or nervous about it, um, but more importantly, just be encouraged by it, unafraid, right? Go out there and be bold about it. The biggest struggle that the women we serve um, face is, I think, is, is vulnerability. Um, I think it's really hard when we're in a room full of women or just encounter another woman um, to take off the mask. And, and be vulnerable with each other. I think our world is really good at telling us all the things we should be ashamed about and, and what we should criticize each other for and, and judge each other for. So when we counter each other, um, it's almost like we have this huge guard, right? This, these boundaries, these walls. Um, so I think it, it takes time, right, to finally get in there and be able to really say, oh, I, I've gone through that too, or, or I, you know, I experienced that, or I can relate. But once we're finally there, it's like, it's glorious. It's like, oh my God, we're, we're people, we're human, um, you know? So I think it's, it's once we're able to just take off that mask and be vulnerable with each other, then, then anything is possible. What I would say to someone considering becoming a donor with Revelation Wellness is do it. <laughs> um, the impact that you will have is far beyond anything you can ever describe or put into words. You are literally changing people's lives without even realizing it. Um, it. It goes far beyond anything you can see in the immediate. I mean, you're changing not only in the moment and through that experience, but also I wanna say for years and generations to come. So your, your donation and your giving matters and it's literally changing lives daily. And not only lives for those that you're donating to, but also those that they are serving. There will never be enough words to thank you guys for donating and being donors uh, to Revelation Wellness. You guys are, are literally making possible, or, you know, what we do and, and beyond. So thank you is not enough. You know, we, we need you um, and we are changed by your giving. We are literally changed by your hearts and by your willingness and obedience to give. So thank you from, from the deepest places of my heart and those that I know have been impacted by your giving. Happy Thanksgiving, Revelation Wellness community. We are so thankful 
for each and every one of you today. And we are grateful to be on mission with people like Melissa Padeen, one of our ambassadors that you just heard from. And Melissa is one of the people that we are on mission with who is committed to helping usher in generations of change. I hope that you were inspired by Melissa's story the way that we were. And as we celebrate this day of thanks and giving for the freedom that God came to bring to every one of us, we want to thank our donors who make this ministry and this podcast possible. We could not do it without your generous giving. May you be blessed today. Peace. Hi, I'm so very, very glad you're here. And I believe with all my heart that the Lord wants to do something significant in us today. (laughs) Because I am feeling very like sweating, my stomach's all like, ha, ah, because I know that this is something from the heart of the Father for us today. So let me pray. Actually, let me tell you who I am, just in case you're just coming in now. My name is Heather Johnson. I am the Director of Culture here at Revelation Wellness and a fitness teacher, gospel preacher from Platoon 3. So I've been around since, uh, let me get the decade right, Twenty. I've been an instructor since 2012. And I have worked here since 2014. And I love, love, love what the Lord is doing and how something happens when you involve your body in the process of discipleship. And that is who we are. We want to see wholeness and wellness in every part of our lives and then through us to others. It's the we get free because Christ paid for it at the cross. We stay free. That's our ongoing sanctification and process of believing God and repenting and being in community and walking in holiness. And then we set others free. We get to partner with the Lord to see him set generations free. So let's pray. Then we're going to dive in. I hope if you have your Bible, grab it. And I hope you have um, something to write notes on. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture references today. And I have an activation at the end that requires you uh, to do something. How fun is that? So Take a deep breath in through your nose with me and exhale. Turn your palms up. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here, that you are the reality of God with us, that Jesus said it was better that he went away so that we could have you on the inside. So Holy Spirit, we honor you. Would you come and teach us today? Would you reign in us today, Lord? Would you use me, my my words, Lord, that I believe you have given me, would you use them for life and truth? Lord, would you confront places? Would you correct places? Lord, I pray that we would be sons and daughters who love your discipline, that we would begin to love it when you course correct, when you realign us, and that we would have hearts of humility to walk with you. Father, thank you for choosing us before the foundations of time. Jesus, King Jesus, our bridegroom, we are thinking that you are our Lord. And Holy Spirit, your teacher, our comforter, our ever-present help, come, teach us today. In the beautiful, precious name of Jesus, we pray. (laughs) Amen. All right, so the title of this teaching is How to Forget What You Need to Forget. I 
Yeah. I was like, really, Lord? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So I'm going to, let's read in Philippians. I'm going to read quite a few verses, um, but they're the foundation that we need for what we're going to talk about today. So in Philippians 3, first of all, you need to know that Philippians is Paul's one of, if not his last, it's his last, one of his last books that he wrote. It's one of the last letters that he wrote from a Roman prison cell. So this is the book that talks about rejoicing the most. This is the book where Paul talks about contentment in Christ. They, this is the book that Paul, it's like his um, magnum opus, his last work of this is how you follow Christ. So in chapter three, he begins with, the, he addresses people who want to bring religion and legalism into the church of Christ. Um, into Christ's church. And he's very angry about that. <laughs> Paul has no space for that because he, well, let me just read. It says, though he talks about we're the circumcision, this is verse three, who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. I want you to put a pin in that, put no confidence in the flesh. Actually, we're just going to talk about it right now. Thank you. Um, you can put confidence in what you've accomplished, or you can also put confidence in your flesh and its failures. Have you ever thought about that? You can actually have confidence that, oh, I'm a failure, I'm a worrier. Oh, I did this really well. Like you, we can put confidence in the flesh, both in a um, prideful, elevating way or in a prideful, oh, I'm woe is me, I'm so bad. It's both confidence in the flesh and there's a shift the Lord wants to bring. We put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself, this is Paul speaking, have a reason for confidence in the flesh. Also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I love it. He's laying it out. He's like, let me just tell you. But in, remember, where he's speaking to from his Jewish culture and his Jewish background, where the only people who were righteous were those who could accomplish and do the law. The Pharisees were considered the cream of the crop, the only ones who could actually be righteous because their entire lives were devoted to doing the law and all the additional things that had been added. So he says, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So he gives us this backstory of how he really, if there was anyone who could have done it before the Lord in his own self-righteousness and ability, confidence in the flesh, it was him. It was him. He's like, you, you ain't got nothing on me. And, but then he, he goes to here, verse seven, but whatever gain I had, I count as loss. Why? For the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. <laughs> Everything is lost. Everything is lost. Let's continue and then we'll dive. 
Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. This is Philippians 3.12. Not, this is the Apostle Paul, the one who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He says, I haven't obtained it. I've not accomplished it. I'm not perfect, but I press on to make it my own. You are invited to intimate discipleship with the Lord. Intimate. Y'all, we don't arrive. We will not arrive until the day you see him face to face. And then all of eternity will be filled with the wonder and the mysteries of who he is. We'll never stop learning. But how's your heart on this thing of I have not already? Where are you settling? I feel like the Lord is highlighting apathy in the church of like, meh, I'm good. I have my fire insurance for eternity. No, he wants, he wants more in us and with us and then through us. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus, has he made you his own? Do you belong to him? Have you been born again? Come on, come on. This is the belonging that is the foundation for everything we're going to talk about today. Do you belong to him? He has brought you into himself. This is the point of the father's love so much that he gave his son that we might become his sons and daughters. Not so that we might live a comfortable life and have everything go perfectly, but so that we might belong to him and know him and live a life that makes him known. Come on, there's no greater I do not consider myself to have made it my own, but one thing I do, this is verse 13, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All right, there's a lot in this, and I'll be back with you on later this month or sometime. And we're going to unpack the second half of this. But today we're going to talk about forgetting. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what is ahead. So today let's talk about forgetting. Okay. Let's talk about forgetting. This Greek word, I'm not even going to try and say it because there's like 16 letters in it. It starts with an E and ends with an I. It's this Greek word for forgetting that Paul uses here. And it means to neglect. It means to no longer care for, to see something as forgotten. And this word, given over to oblivion. What is behind you that you need to begin neglecting? What are you holding on to? Here, let's make a list. I was making a list with the Lord. What accomplishments are you holding on to as a badge of honor? What failures are you allowing to still define you? What traumas have you decided to sit in and let define you and determine your life instead of forgetting? What triumphs are you holding as a spiritual, look at me, I did this? What offenses, what hurts in your church? What things are you, what pain, what heartache? Where, where have you actually been victimized, but now you have stayed as a victim? You see, Paul knew suffering. This passage talks about the good things, like the, the accomplishments of his life that he says, it's trash. But in Corinthians, he says, 
I have been shipwrecked. I have been beaten. I have, all for the sake of Christ. He knew suffering like none of us. He knew suffering like none of us. And yet the enemy accuses God to us and says, if God is really good, why did this happen to you? If he's, if he really loves you, he wouldn't allow this. If this, if that, darling, the, the why belongs to the Lord. It belongs to him. There are times when he will say, yes, this is why this has happened and I will use it, but it belongs to him. Go read the book of Job. I was so like, wow, Lord, it, it's the whole book is, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you allowing this to happen? I have been righteous. I have been good. I, I, do you notice the theme? I, and what does, what does the father come at the end of Job? He says, are you ready to stand before me and let me question you? He owes us nothing. We owe him everything. Now, let's be honest about the things that have gone on in our lives. Some of us have experienced extreme abuse, extreme loss, extreme pain. And I am not, I want you to hear me. This is the thing that I'm like, Lord, you need to know that it is not minimized to the Lord. But if you will not forget it, you will stay there. And that is on you, not him. He wants us to go on and grow from glory to glory to glory, to leave the past behind, to neglect it. Come on. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she's like, I, when I first gave my heart to Christ, I would drive and places would trigger me. I'd remember something. I'd see that there and it would trigger tr the trauma of it. And she said, so I began to shift. I, you get to neglect it. Where do you get to shift into oblivion the past so that you can do the next half of the verse, straining towards what is ahead, pressing on. We are called to forget <laughs> because tomorrow is all we, we have today, tomorrow isn't even promised us, but the past, we get to believe at the cross. All of our past in light of and in the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ. So we can live, hear me, it doesn't change your salvation state. You can be saved and stay in a victim mentality, stay in a, what this happened to me mentality, stay in a, but I don't understand why God would allow this mentality. We can stay there and the Lord doesn't not love us. He loves us, but he has more for us. One of the things, so I have, I have a lot of things that I could tell you that have gone on in my life that I give me, I hate to say authority to say this from a place of this is the truth, but I've experienced death. I've experienced loss. I've experienced bankruptcy. I've experienced abuse. I've, and I've seen the faithfulness of Lord. When I surrender, will you yield? Will you yield? Is he Lord of your life? Or are you allowing what is in the past, good or bad, to be your Lord? Little L. <laughs> he says, will you yield? Will you yield to me? Will you allow me to take into oblivion those things that happen to you? That doesn't mean that we're not still invited to counseling and to therapy and to those things. Hear me, those are valid and important part of the process of forgetting. But what is your heart posture? That's what the Lord is after. 
He is after the heart posture of, are you a forgetter? How are you at offense? How are you in places of forgiveness? When you have been offended and you think you're right, will you yield? Will you yield? Romans, I'm going to turn to Romans 8. This is Romans 8. I'm not going to the verse you think. We, we will. But this is Romans 8, 18. And it fits along with this line of forgetting. He says this, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in it. What are you conscious of? We more more and more, I'm seeing that the Holy Spirit invites us. He wants us to begin to see things from his perspective. In Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, set your minds on things above. Focus on the things that are going around on around Christ. That's Colossians 3, 1 through 2. It's this suffering here. Can I hold the perspective? Because I know, you guys, <laughs> there's so much suffering but when we come in and through suffering with the perspective of lord you told me in this world i would have trouble but to take heart that i will you've overcome the world that's john 16:33 we shift and the enemy loses ground when we come to the places of trauma that we've experienced and we say but lord i remember you <laughs> i remember you let me get let's read some verses on the importance of forgetting. Can we I want to I want to go to, with you to God's word on what he says about forgetting. This is in Psalm 78. It's a long psalm. It's about the Israelites as they're coming out of Egypt into the promised land. These are verses 40 through 42 in Psalm 78. It says how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again they put God to the test. They vexed the holy one of Israel. They did not remember his power, the day they re he redeemed him. Okay, so what's the first thing that we do to forget is we remember. We remember the Lord. We stop remembering the past and we remember the Lord. I love our, I love rewords, like prefix re, because to remember means to <clears throat> remember yourself to the Lord. Isn't that fun? So you neglect the past. You let it go off into the oblivion that's covered by the blood of Jesus. And you remember yourself to truth. You remember yourself to the word of God. What does he say? I want to speak to good, like the accomplishments element. Because I heard, I was reading something on social media about how fall and leaves changing and what the rabbis in, I don't know exactly which time, I don't know if it was Jesus time or whatever, it doesn't matter. They would teach in the changing of the seasons when the leaves would die, that those leaves represent the good works and the things of the year before. And that the reason they die is God gives us a picture of that passing away and the entering into a new season. Isn't that beautiful? So whether it's a, a year of great accomplishment, a year of great goodness, or a year of great tragedy and a year of great pain, the picture of the leaves dying and then winter and then rebirth gives us this perspective of forgetting and remembering. So we remember in Psalm 103, this is one of, this is probably, I don't know, you guys, if you hang out with me enough, you'll know that I have a lot of favorites. <laughs> 
I have a lot of favorites, especially when it comes to God's word, but it says this in Psalm 103, this is two through five. And if you will take these as a daily declaration of him, it will change things. I promise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I love that David told himself, don't forget the benefits of God. Don't forget, because I forget. I forget the things that I need to not neglect, and I remember the things that I need to neglect anyone. So he says, forget not the benefits of God. Verse three, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is what we get to remember. We remember what he says. We remember who he is and we remember who we are in him. We must become people. Are you listening? Who stop allowing our circumstances to determine our theology. Listen to me. It, it's true of all of us. I am preaching to myself. There are places where I believe or don't believe about God because of what has happened. Instead of going here and saying, Holy Spirit, show me who you are. Father, show me your heart. Show me your desire. Show me what your will is. Because if I see what's in contradiction to this in my life, he is not the one who changes. His word doesn't change. His character never changes. He is faithful. He is true. He is everlasting God. And so we go when things happen because they will. They will. It's hard. We live in a broken world where we're going to suffer. I wish it wasn't true. If I could go into my Bible and like cut out those verses where Paul's like, I want to suffer with him too so I can experience his resurrection. In Romans 5, hold on, I lost it. There it is. In Romans 5 where it says, back it up just from 18, it says, the Spirit himself bears bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, that sounds fun, right? We're God's children. Yay, yay, we're God's children, which is true. I really mean that. Then heirs, that's amazing that we get everything Jesus does. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Suffering. There's a really great book called The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. If you wrestle that with that question, but God, why? 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 I encourage you. That is a much longer topic and much more wisdom than I, I have. I just know that he's good. And so as we forget the good and the bad of the past, as we neglect that, what is our foundation? Remembering his character, remembering his truth. Do you know what he says? Do you know what the word of God says about who you are? about who he is and what he wants to speak over your circumstances, over traumas you've experienced, over accomplishments you've had. All of it, we remember it to the Lord. In Christ, you have been made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, the old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Isn't that delightful? That's that's amazing. Like, Everything that was that was in the past, it's no longer my definer. Where 
these are, so these are questions I want you to write down. Where am I still being defined by my past? Go ahead and write it down. Um, where am I still being defined by my past? Now, listen, remember that can be, well, I have faithfully served on the worship team for the last 20 years. That can be, I was sexually abused as a child. That can be, hey, I don't know, where are those things still defining you and telling you who you are when he says, but will you come close and let me tell you who you are? I'm going to read to you from Ephesians 2. We're going to read one, verses 1 through 10 um, with some commentary in the middle. <laughs> but you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. That's who we used to be. That's who we used to be. That is the thing that we have been redeemed from at the cross of Christ. His very blood and life to purchase us back to God. This is how loved you are. This is how loved you are. Now let's read 4 to 10. But God. Yeah, I love this verse. But it's my favorite. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. <laughs> you are now alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Jesus, immeasurable riches of his grace, rich in mercy, great love with which he loved us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. This is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we forget what lies behind. You forget that your history, because it's under the blood, it's under the but God. Successes and failures, we count them all as loss. Why? To know him. To know him and make him known. To walk in the beautiful workmanship as the workmanship that he created us for. Hmm. Oftentimes, though, we stay in the first four verses of, well, I have to try harder. I've got to get better. I've got to do this. And he says, but actually, will you receive the grace? Will you come and be taught by me? Will you humble yourself in your opinions before me? Will you become a daughter or a son of authority who recognizes that you are seated right now with Christ in heavenly places? That is the reality of your spirit with him. How do we live that out? We forget what is behind and we look ahead. I have a couple more verses that I want to read. I know we're getting a little long. <clears throat> Isaiah 43. Let's see. Let's keep going that way. Isaiah 43, which I encourage you, go read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read uh, verses 18 and 19. It says this, remember not the former things 
That's a command from the Lord. Have you, do you ever read the word and you're like, oh, I didn't really notice. That's not a suggestion. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, oh gosh, Lord, I've read that as a suggestion and not actually taken it as a command. It's a command. Remember not the former things, don't, or nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs forth. Do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some of you, he wants to bring the way of victory and freedom in the places where you have experienced the opposite, where you have experienced brokenness and hurt or abuse. And in the same way, those of us who have great accomplishments that we could hold up and he says, I'm doing a new thing. Set it aside. Set it aside. Set it aside. Set it aside. <laughs> In so here, so re remember yourself to him. Get really, really grateful. Get really, really grateful. When traumas come up, when triggers come up, when pride rises, when offense comes for you, Lord, I'm going to worship you. Lord, I set my mind on you. I shift my attention. I forget what is behind. I invite you into my moment. Lord, teach me to press on ahead. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say, Lord? What do you say over the circumstance? And then don't leave until you know. Don't leave until you know. I love to Google things, but Jesus really loves to speak to us through the Holy Spirit. He's really the Google of God, <laughs> but you can use Google too. So we restate, Lord, what are you saying? Get really grateful. And then you guys, community. You and I get to be a community who practices this together, who when I am wallowing and I've forgotten who I am, either way, again, let's be aware. What did Paul say? Put no confidence in the flesh. Okay. So when I get out of line with humility and my identity as a daughter, that he's my Lord and I'm yielding to him, I need community that says, hey, you need to move over into truth. You need to forget what lies behind and press in ahead. Community that helps you forget. Who, who is your community that helps you forget? Maybe one of the things the Holy Spirit wants you to do right now is write down a name of someone that you, before him, commit to help, to give access to you to help you forget. Someone who knows your story, someone who has walked with you in both the pains and the triumphs. Who can you enter into community with? Hebrews 3 talks about as long as it is called today, we encourage one another. So actually, let me go there. Let's see, Hebrew, this is Hebrews 3. Again, you know, remember how Psalm 78 was about the Israelites and they didn't remember? Well, Psalm, Hebrews 3 is also about the Israelites and how they grieved God with their unbelief. Um, in, let's see, Hebrews 3, I'm going to read 12 and 13, actually 12 through 14. Take care, brothers, that is all-encompassing brothers and sisters, lest there be in you an evil, unbelieving heart. <laughs> Come on, we, we got to call it what God calls it. Lord, I have an evil, unbelieving heart. Would you forgive me? I don't believe you're good because this happened to me. I repent. Show me your goodness. <laughs> Leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Here's the thing. I've been in 
I've been, I've walked with the Lord for a long time and I have been in ministry a long time. And the thing that I see most in people getting cold or apathetic or walking away from their relationship with the Lord is they get offended with him because they got hurt. Things didn't go the way they thought they should. And so instead of pressing into the Lord with the humility that says, I don't understand, but I commit that I'm going to trust you regardless, they allow the enemy, the deceitfulness of sin, this evil, unbelieving heart to steal them and to take them from the only one who is God. Remember, the why belongs to him. We yield. I Again, going back to Job, he said, if he kills me, I will trust him. <laughs> so, community that will call you up. Community that will say, Heather, you're really thinking highly of yourself right there. Or, you're thinking too lowly of yourself right there. Or, how about, you're thinking about yourself right now. Begin the shifting of our mindsets to what's going around on around the throne. What is your mindset, King Jesus? Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me? Come reign in me and teach me. <laughs> A few ch chapters later in Hebrews 12, it says, I'm just going to highlight a snuggy little place of it. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So we, and it's interesting because another translation, it's is like, it's throw off, throw off things, throw off. That's how we hold, that's, we hold the past. We throw it off at the feet of the, at the feet of Jesus, at the cross and run, we run, we run. So that's what we're going to talk about next time I get to be with you. But for now, I want you, wherever you are, if you are in your car, obviously this is going to look a little different, but if you're seated, I want you to stand or get on your knees. We're going to get in our bodies and ask the Holy Spirit to meet us. So whether you are, again, what posture would you like to move into? Maybe you begin to walk around whatever room you're in, get on your face, get on your knees, lift your hands, and in that begin to breathe deeper. Maybe you start to shake or to do the rinse. You know where you just jump up and down and you begin to rinse. Let you, okay, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I, Lord, show me. Show me. Come on, get in your body. Get in your body. He wants you to remember yourself to him. What, what will you forget? What is he asking you, darling? Would you forget this? Let it go into oblivion. Neglect it. Neglect happens as a process over time, right? You, if I didn't mow our, I don't, I don't mow. I don't mow. It's not my, it's not my portion. It's my boy's portion, but let's pretend it was. If I just stopped mowing and neglected the lawn, it would be totally, uh, it would just fall away from, it would neglect it. What are you invited to forget about, to neglect, to no longer care for? Come on, deepen your breath. Maybe you swing your arms side to side. Holy Spirit, come, forget. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Holy Spirit, where has our heart been fastened to the past? Lord, we ask, Lord, we see you surgically unfastening our hearts from the past, either traumas or triumphs where we've been victimized or we've had great victories. We forget the past, Lord, and we fasten our hearts 
to our future with you. See him doing that. Get, start moving. Again, if you're in the car, maybe you sh drive with one hand and shake the other. Deepen your breath. Come on, lay aside the weight. What is it? Throw aside. What is it? Come on. What is he inviting you? Holy Spirit, search us. Like Psalm 139 says, search me and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Lord, show me the blind spots where I don't see right. Lord, I want to see generations of change through my line. Maybe some of the, one of the things you need to forget is that your family has always been this way. No more. You're in Christ. You have a new family line. And so we forget. I forget that my mother was a warrior. I forget that my father was an addict. I forget these things. What are you, what can you forget? And then generations of change, Lord, from me, generations of change, Lord, shift it with me. I'm going to read to you out of Isaiah 54. Just keep moving. Wherever you are, keep moving, keep breathing. Maybe you're stepping in place. Come on, get in your body. Begin to feel it. Turn your palms up. Maybe lift your arms, lift your hands. Sing, oh barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. You were never in labor because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtain walk, curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood for your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called God of all the earth. We will not remember the reproach. We will not remember the shame. We will remember the future that we have in him. We will strain toward what he has promised. One more verse, first group of verses. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. It says this, but you, put your hand on your heart, but me, but me. Come on, say it out. I want you to say it out loud. But me, but me. You are a chosen race. Say that I am a chosen race. A royal priesthood. Say it out loud. A holy nation, I wish I could hear you, a people for his own possession. Lift your face. God, thank you that I am a chosen race. I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a part of your people for your possession. Lord, we worship you. This is, again, the but God of Ephesians 2. You now, this is who you actually are. This is why we can forget the past, because we know who we are in Christ. And says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here's the thing. If we stay in the past, we proclaim nothing of him. We proclaim everything about our experience and our feelings and what has happened. We move from feeling what we feel to knowing what we know, proclaiming the excellencies of the one who's called me out of darkness into his powerful light, into truth. Yes, into truth, into the reality of who I actually am in Christ. So this is the kindness of the Lord. He will allow us and still love us to sit in our mess, to sit in trauma, to sit in what has defined us in the past, again, good or bad, or 
we can be like Paul. Lord, I put no confidence in the flesh. I forget what lies behind and I press on. I press on. So you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for your own, his own possession, that you may, you ever wondered what your purpose is? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know why I wanted to sing that to you, but you're welcome. But then listen, listen to this verse. This is verse 10. Once you were not a people, <laughs> we didn't belong to him. But now, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now <laughs> you have received mercy. This is your definer. This is who you are. I once was not a people, but now I'm a part of the body of Christ. I am part of his living temple. I'm a portal temple. Wherever I go, he goes. I once was not one who received mercy, but now I have received mercy. And my purpose is to proclaim the excellencies of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's calling us all out of deeper places of darkness, places on the inside where we usually keep the door shut because it's a little uncomfortable. I don't really want to talk about that. And he says, but that's darling where I want to shine my marvelous light. And then you can tell the world how good I am. So will you forget? And will you press? <laughs> Jesus, we adore you. There is none like you. You turn your heart to him in worship. Just you and him now. Just you and him. Tell him how much you love him. Thank the Father for his mercy and his love for sending Jesus. Thank Jesus for giving his life, for dying and resurrecting, and for being your king, your husband, the bridegroom returning for you, and Holy Spirit, the one who makes God personally, intimately present Worship him. Tell, talk to him out loud. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him the places that really hurt still that you don't understand. Tell him, tell him, Lord, I love you. And I want to trust you in these places where I've been hurt and victimized and traumatized. But Lord, I want to forget that. And I want to press on. Help me forget. Help me forget. Lord, teach us. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Actually, Lord, we love you back because we know you loved us first. Thank you for your word that cuts and heals, corrects and comforts. May we never settle for cotton candy Christianity. <laughs> no, Lord, we want more. We want all that you have for us. We want to run. We forget what lies behind. Thank you that you've taken hold of us and that we belong to you. Lord, we yield. You are the Lord of our life. Today, God, bring freedom. Today, bring release from the weight of the past as we forget and press forward. Lord, for generations of change, for generations of change. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the gift of this time and for technology that bows to you <laughs> and for your word. We love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, friends, thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and would consider being on mission with us through your generosity. Be sure to swipe up on the show notes to find out how to become a donor with Revelation Wellness today. And if this episode touched your heart, would you leave us a review or 
an audio message. We would love to hear from you. All of the information that you need to leave us a message is in the show notes, as well as how to become a donor. And we will be back on Monday with a brand new Revving the Word. We will see you then. Peace.